Okay, we're All ready. Right, we're ready. I mean, so just so you know, occasionally I go off script. I hope you're comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Brian, how about we'll do the humor? Again? Yeah, fair enough. Thank you. I was just uh, <laughs> just taking a shot there. Okay, well, <laughs> hi, I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. And I'm here today with two very special guests, Joy Behar and Curb Your Enthusiasm's Susie Essman. This is Behind the Table. All right, I am very excited because we have an actual uh, big-time star here with us today. And Joy Behar? Joy Behar, but also her best friend, Susie Essman. Hi, Susie. Hi, Joy. Hi, Brian. This is really great. And for the first time, Joy's excited to come to the podcast. It's like a menage a trois that you've always dreamt of. I, I literally... <laughs> It's like someone's reading my journal. It's really unbelievable. Now, you guys have been friends for over 40 years. Yeah. Um, how did you meet? We met at Comedy U, which was a, a comedy club downtown on University and 13th Street, owned by Paul Herzog and Bert Levitt. And they were incredibly supportive of female comics. They had Thursday night female comedy. And that's where we met, both doing stand-up. We were both just beginning. Joy was a little ahead of me because you had been doing more. But really, that was when you first started yeah, doing stand-up. Yeah, the beginning, yeah. Yeah. We both started doing stand-up together. Did and, you click and, immediately? Or? Uh, we did. We did. We, we, we liked each other right away because we were both on the same wavelength. But also Rita Rudner was there. Margaret mm-hmm. Smith was there. Carol Leifer was there. Oh, wow. There was a lot of women comedians who, who you know. Who ended up really impacting a lot of different yeah. aspects of, of the shows people watch now. And I mean, Carol I don't think Elaine Boozer was ever. She no, was, Elaine was way. She, she had, was 10 years ahead of us. And mm-hmm. she had moved to L.A. by then or something, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Susie, you were recently, you stayed close friends and you recently enjoys a set of short plays. Yes. Bonkers in the Burrows that she wrote. She's hilarious, by the way. Let me just say something about this. So it's a play about a woman who is in love in love with Lenny Bruce. Mm-hmm. She goes to see him at the Club Elegante. It takes place in the 60s. It takes place 60s. in the 60s, which is when he was doing that. And she's like a Jewish couple, her and her, she and her husband. And she's home, and Lenny shows up. <laughs> Lenny shows up because I read somewhere that Lenny Bruce would be invited to various households after his gigs. So he comes because he you she wants invited a free him. meal. Sure. Susie, I had her in mind when I wrote this because she was hilarious. She does a tango in it. It's just <laughs> the funniest thing. Now, does this change your dynamic being, uh, you know, you're working on Joy's project, it's her material and, and no. all that sort of thing? No, I mean, it, it, if anything, it's the opposite of that because I complete, it's, you know, and I feel this way about Larry David and I fe- felt this way working with Joy. When you're working with people who you respect and you trust their comedic sense and their right. vision, it gives you as an actress an incredible freedom because you don't have to think about making it funny. Usually, remember, well, you don't get it anymore because you're doing this for so many years, but you, we get scripts and they would say, make it funny. And it wasn't funny. And if it's not right. on the page, you can't really make it funny. It's very difficult. If it's on the page, it's not on the stage, they say. But you know what? They would do that the most with commercials. Yeah. It's like, oh, so you, you're a housewife and uh, you really love kettle, a kettle corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so make that funny. Mm-hmm. I really love kettle corn. How funny was <laughs> yeah, not funny. So, so working with Joy, it was, and I feel that way about working with Larry in the same way. It was a pleasure because I understand her sense of humor so well. I knew what she wanted, and right. I didn't have to think about being funny. I just had to think about my intent 
in the scene what I was doing because she wrote it funny. So right. it's easier in a way if you have friends that you appreciate. And you know her voice, which I imagine is... is... Yeah, and, and we she Joy was in it also, so we got to be backstage and dishy, dishy. I miss and blah, it blah, so blah. much. Right. We had so fun. much fun. That, that's one of the things when people say about, are you going to miss Curb Your Enthusiasm? Same kind of thing. I will miss the community. Yeah. You know, you become so close with people. You have that on this show. You I become do. so close with people. Yeah. And, it's, and there's a sense... When we were doing stand-up... We had such a sense of community in the 80s. You'd walk into a comedy club. You knew everybody, yeah. every bartender, every waitress, every comedian. Every hanging big star out at the was bar. there, too. Right. And there was a, you didn't have to think about your social life. You were always doing something on a Saturday night. The biggest you know? thing that bought, would, would challenge was following Robin Williams on a Saturday night. Yeah. Oi. To follow him. He exhausted the a audience. Nightmare. They, he would, the audience was spent. By the time you get up there, they're ready to leave. Right, of that course. That and a music act was always hard to follow, <laughs> even if they were hacky. Yeah. But, no, working with Joy, it's like a dream come true. Yeah. For me also, of course. Yes, Every of course, day is better Brian. than the one before I met <laughs> He's Joy. So full of it. He's lying. He's lying. Every day better. We spar. Yes, we do. Well, which uh, I'm going to come. To, I'm going to get to our sparring in a moment. But um, you've talked about the fact that you're you're continuing to work on these plays and yeah. you're hoping they go to off Broadway. I have to ask because Joy told it me to ask: <laughs> Will you be reviving your role if it goes to off Broadway? I don't know. Wow. All if right. If I have, if I maybe there's a very good possibility. Mm-hmm. However, if I have a paying job, <laughs> <laughs> the theater doesn't really pay. No, no. no. Or does friendship apparently? Yeah. So and, and, but, but the problem Wait, is, excuse me, friendship. <laughs> does pay brian but she very well knows that if i have like a tv series yeah. or something hello i always <laughs> say that to her if you can do it you'll do it yes but there's nobody really to replace her that i have come up with yeah no that's Just a saying. tough one and i'm going to be in them how am i supposed to do it but we have a plan that it might not be as grueling for you all right yeah broadway you know you brought we did how many shows did we do like five shows and i loved the rehearsal and i loved opening night yeah but then, <laughs> but then you, I mean, you got the big laughs, Susie. You were getting big I laughs. I know, but then that was only a few performances. But it's a play. Tell about Larry when he had his play. Oh, when Larry had his Broadway show, yeah. uh, he would text me all the time. Why did I say yes to this? <laughs> this is brutal. I can't wait for it to be over. You're doing eight shows a week on Broadway. It's an, And what about when they're singing and dancing doing eight shows a week? I don't know how that, but that's what they do. That's, that's not what we do. Yeah. No. You know, the, we're the one-nighters. Thing, the other thing for us that I think is different as comedians, we're used do changing it up all the time right right you know and you can't do that on broadway unless you're or off broadway in a, in in theater unless you're zero mustel and you start to <laughs> improvise and you throw your your and the other, the other actors off. want to kill you yeah yeah i, I took my daughters to see span a lot on this week and i oh. got a nice tour with the lead uh, james monroe inglehart afterwards oh, nice. he took us backstage and my daughters are 12 and 9 and want to be in so musical cute theater. also they're beautiful girls with red hair yeah thank oh, you cute but yeah. he was so like, I mean, I, I, I finished this show where I'm standing behind a podium and not really doing anything. And not only am I exhausted, I'm surly. I mean, the idea of doing what he <laughs> and does. And you wonder why Joy fights with exactly, you, Brian. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We can't put this off any longer. So right. this is the most fascinating thing I, for me about this relationship that you two have. I have heard anecdotally that in the 40 years that you've been very close friends, that you've never had an argument. No. We, I don't think we ever have. You know why? Because we understand the boundaries of That's friendship. Right. And we understand that you don't have to belabor things and question everything the other person <laughs> says. And, oh, yeah. I had friends where, oh, could we have a chat? I need to have to talk with them. Like as if they we're lesbian lovers. Right. Well, I'm not I'm not in a relationship with a girlfriend that's a, a, a sexy relationship. I mean, she's a friend. She's not a 
a girlfriend. Hey, what are we going to fight about? Like, you want to go to Porterhouse for dinner and yeah. I want to go to Fiorello's? Well, we were never competitive. I mean, there's nothing to f- fight about. We were well, never really true. competitive with each other. Even and, and, you know what? I think, really. I think very early on, yeah. we never discussed this, but I, and correct me if you don't agree with this, yeah. but I think we both had the sense that we were stronger and more powerful together yeah. than separate. And we would walk into comedy clubs and those boys were scared of us. Chris Rock. Chris Rock was scared oh, of God, us. Oh, God, he was so scared of us. <laughs> and so we, 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 and this was really more joy than me because I, I had a very competitive mother. Mm-hmm. So I was more competitive and I learned from joy that the sisterhood has to stick together and we're stronger together than, than apart. And I really learned that from her in general about being competitive with other women. Because I that, observed the boys. The boys would stick together. And the once in a while, there would be a girl that I didn't like. That's not, I'm not saying that I'm a, a saint. Sure. But with her, it was like we connect with each other and we're in this together. This is right. not an easy field. Right. It and, is a hard field. So why compete with each other when their boys are competing with us? Well, and boy, like were with, they. And you're still like that with the show because, you know, we have our, our squabbles and things like that. Yeah. But if anyone from the outside comes for the view, you ladies band together in a I very like powerful way. I like these girls way. very much that I have working but with But I, I learned yeah. that. That was something that I learned from Joy yeah. by example. So it wasn't like I was older. I'm older than her, too. And also, I didn't have a competitive mother. No. Right. <laughs> this is the thing with her mother and my mother. I have to tell you this one thing. So I have a tendency to think the best in people in a way, like friends. Mm-hmm. And, and over the years, and when I and trust them, and over the years, I've had friends for like also forty years, where they have along the way said mean things to me, and I just overlook it or something. Right. And she says, "Because tell them what you say." What do I say? Oh, it's because she had a mother, and not just your mother, your aunts the and the whole family that was so loving and supportive of her. I had navigating a minefield <laughs> out there. So I'm always looking for traps, and I, I always yeah. had to be very, very wary. And she's almost naive. Joyce, almost, it's hard mm-hmm. for anybody True. to think of you as naive. I know, but I am on but that she's point. naive in that sense that she doesn't see people who were out to get her. Once you, I've seen this too, because we've been working together for almost 10 years now. And, yeah. and once you have determined someone is your friend, that you, you won't turn. It, never. it takes a lot. Never. Yeah. I would it, never turn mm-hmm. on you, no matter what. No. But now, the reason this is so fascinating to me is because while I consider you a friend and we yeah. work together, right. you and I fight daily. Yeah, I would so say. What? But, but like, I don't understand. But you're a guy. You're not just friends. You, yeah. you are the boss. Ostensibly, yes. So, I mean, there's things to fight about. There's, you want to talk about A or you want to talk about That's right. B? Right. You want to talk. There's, we don't have that in but our But she comes in. Like, you've never gotten her in one of those dark moods where she's contrarian no matter what. And if you say... A, I make a laugh about yeah, it. Yeah, see, i got to figure that out. <laughs> also, sometimes we're on the phone. Uh, like last week, I called yeah. her. I said, I think I'm in a depression. I might need medication. Right. I don't feel that today, though. No. Well, <laughs> but I did that day. Let me tell you something. Today I, was a specially crafted day to put you in the best possible mood. I, I appreciate <laughs> that great. you promoted my, my I promoted article. your article. Yeah. We happen to have your best friend That's here, right. which also works out to be a big star for us. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and we had a lot of hot topics. You got to talk about what you wanted to talk yes. about. This was a very you know, scientifically how, crafted thing. How nice thing. is it when you just said big star, which makes me laugh. <laughs> but, but, the, but how nice is it that we started out together yeah. and we, th- we have had this friendship and that we have both risen to this place in, in our great. careers yeah. that's so great. And lucrative. And lucrative, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that you're both 
genuinely happy we, with what you're doing. And I mean, we both started out really poor and broke. Oh, I mean, yes. we were broke. Because she yeah. says it today on the air. She said about, she, you know, she'd like to stay on the air to make a little more money yeah. mm-hmm. so that she doesn't have to go back to being broke again. Right. Well, I won't be broke at no, this point, no, but no, never right. again. But we both, when I first met Joy, she was a single mother. She was living in Forest Hills, Queens in a one-bedroom apartment. My daughter had the bedroom. Yeah, she, her daughter had the bedroom. She was sleeping on the couch. <laughs> she had this old, beat-up Monte Carlo <laughs> that was always breaking We down. called it the Joamobile. Yeah. The Mafia Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, what you see now is not how we started. Yeah, it's pretty great. And and that you both attribute the support you gave each other to getting there yeah. to some extent, which is That's right. Amazing. But there were other women comedians that were supportive. I've named a few of them. Yeah. They were good, too. No, that's really, that's yeah. really terrific. Um, not to belabor the fighting. I just have to, again... You guys travel together from time to time. Yeah. I've we went to Italy together last, just uh, a year, less than a year ago. Less than a yeah. year ago. Joy yeah. and I went to the Bahamas as part of, again, it was work-related. That's work, I had to work, Brian. But she's in the Bahamas yeah, and but miserable. That means, I don't that understand means it's this. hot. It was right. hot. Yes. And her hair is frizzing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> there was gambling. She likes to gamble. She does and I like to gamble. Funny. And I, I had a big, I almost got into a fight with some Trump supporters in that casino. Yes, you did. And then I came back and I was sick. But that was my fault. I, You know what? I apologize for blaming you for my getting sick. Thank you. Because what happened was he came back in the plane. I didn't put a mask on. I should have. Uh, yeah. But I didn't get COVID. I just got some, you know, you virus. You know what? But when I flew back from L.A. last week, I, I was the only one in the plane wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really COVID. It's like, this is, it's good to wear a mask in the plane. Yeah. There's too much crap around. No, it's know? not a bad thing. Um, all right. So, okay. I, I'm just fascinated. I want to learn from you, Susie, and how to... You know, can... Yeah. Uh, one of my other very close friends I've been friends with since I was six years old. So for 62 years, we've been friends. We had a big fight in seventh grade. My friend Lisa, yeah. as mm-hmm. you know, big fight She's in hilarious seventh grade. Also. Yes, very she is. Funny. And since then, we have not had a fight. Wow. So maybe this is you. Maybe no, you're maybe just... it's women as opposed to men. Maybe it's women as opposed to men. That is possible. I've, I've but uh, yeah, I've had fights. But with... I have not had fights with friends, girlfriends. I don't fight with my girlfriends. They start up with me, though. Yes. Because Sorry. I haven't seen the uh, grenade falling on me. Right. I haven't seen it. That's because of, She had a friend that. once that got angry at her for a beautiful gift basket she mm. gave her. What really? kind of friend is that? So these are the little little uh, landmines along the way that I don't pick up on. Yeah, I had I had one male friendship, a long time friendship, and because of politics, because well, politics yeah, is different. That's hard. Yeah, that's we hard. don't know any Trump supporters. Yeah, well, they're uh, in my family, but I don't have any friends like yeah. that. Yeah, no, do you? For sure. I did. Do you? <laughs> no, no, I do. No, I do. I have you some, don't have any friends like that. I have some friends like that, old friends. That I mean, just I, you know what? I wouldn't it. mind. I, I, it's not like I'm cutting them out of my life. These mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Like I start talking to them on the street because I'm trying to figure out where their heads are. Right. But if they're going to confront me and just stick with the party line mm-hmm. and not understand what an animal Trump is, I can't have uh, friendships with them. All Sorry. Right. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. All right. I'm going to still pick Susie's my, uh, brain a little bit on how okay. to, to get along with you in a way that uh, makes my life you know, easier. Fra- listen, uh, Brian, you do get along with me because you don't get insulted no. and get hurty feelings about things that I say to you. Please no. don't. No, because you're funny. I, because I don't get <laughs> insulted for things that you say to me. All right, well, there we go. I turn on you. Yes. But they do not linger. That's a very important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important in a marriage. Exactly. Very important in yes. a marriage. Oish. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Have I ever fought with my husband? Yes. Okay, well, Has there we go. Have you ever fought with Steve? Yes. 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 In the car, mostly. In yes. the car, always oh. in the car because Road he's too rage. aggressive. Both of them are. Is yours yes. like that, too? Oh, totally. Oh, my God. The biggest God. fights we've ever had have been in the car. And, and and I say to him, listen, I'm the only one who hears you. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I have the same issue, although my wife mostly sleeps in the car. Um, all right, so. <laughs> She's pretending to you be You think asleep. so? So yes. he doesn't talk to me anymore? Yes. <laughs> she does wake up when I put on my podcast, oh. and then she makes me change the station. 
Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. The picture of the 2024 race is becoming clearer, and it's looking like a rematch between President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. It's an election with few comparisons, both a current and former president running. So how should we make sense of this unique election? I'm Galen Druk, and every Monday and Thursday on the 538 Politics podcast, we break down the latest news from the campaign trail. We sort through the noise and zoom in on what really matters, using data and research as we go. That's 538 Politics, every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. The Girlfriend is a free weekly e-newsletter from AARP built on the belief that girlfriend power is everything. It offers stories for Gen X women related to sex, health, beauty, travel, and money, whether it's a shoulder to cry on or help navigating the next phase of your life, visit thegirlfriend.com to subscribe. You can also join the Girlfriend Book Club, a closed Facebook group that hosts live author interviews and free book giveaways. Again, it's thegirlfriend.com because everybody needs a girlfriend. All right. We had Clive Owen on the show oh, recently. this is a great story. Yeah, I and, love Clive Owen. You know, he's such a serious British actor, a great actor, but he told us his most favorite acting job was Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, and a was, lot of people say that. I was going to ask. What, a lot of actors say that. Why? Because I think, be, well, first of all, it's improvised, uh-huh. and they have a freedom to play in a way that they usually don't when they have right. a script. So that's part of it. Also, we're a very fun set. Mm-hmm. We laugh all day long. Larry laughs more than anybody. Right. It's a fun environment. <clears throat> it's 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 We're just playing. We're just playing. We're given the premise of what the scene is about, and we just go for it. And some of it is silly, and it never makes the, the cut, but it's just fun. It's but, a thing of beauty to work for. Oh, it, it is. It's an incredible show. I said to Larry one time, why don't you put me on the show? And he said, I already have Susie. <laughs> As though we're interchangeable, which we're not. And, and yet we're not competitive. No, but there's definitely some Susie Green that feels Joy Beharish to me yeah, a little yeah, bit. I can, I, I, I can see that for sure. I, did, I didn't, you know. You weren't channeling. But... I wasn't modeling the character on her, no. but I could see it. I could see. I mean, <laughs> one time we were at a gig. I'll tell this story. And so we're up and she's us doing stand up and they're not responding. A long time ago. It was a Jewish crowd, I think. Yeah. It was it was some some JCC in Scarsdale. And, or and they weren't they weren't responding. As you know, that happens all the time. And she said to them, You want Shecky Green? Pay Shecky Green prices. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably about thirty seven years ago. <laughs> Memorable. Now, but being Gifted in, in in comedy in that way is not for everyone. Do you have guest stars that you just have to desperately try and keep afloat? I know you can't name names, but it's got to um, be hard. Every now and then. But generally, Larry likes to uh, cast comedians. Right. So comedians are used to improvising. We do that on stage all mm-hmm. the time. Actors, are, some actors are intimidating. You know, Anne Bancroft, interesting. 
brilliant actress right. and married to one of the great improvisers yeah. of the entire world when she was married to Met. Well, she was still married so she died, but yeah. uh, she could not improvise on Curb. She said right. to Larry, tell me what to say. I can't do this. Just tell me what to say. So she was incapable of it, a brilliant actress like her. Wow. And yet, and yet I, we, I knew her, too. She told me one time, I was petrified doing Curb Your Enthusiasm. Really? Yeah. But she also, um, when you spoke to her, she was quite fun, funny. Yeah. She was a real Brooklyn girl who talked like this, and suddenly she's doing a British accent. Yeah. Hmm. She was a great actress. She was. We miss those people. Sure. And, you know, Mel has got like 96 now. Oh. Something. He's oh. getting up there. Oh. Yeah. I would love to have Mel on the show. I've been begging to, oh, he was on my HLN show. Yes. But he, I would love to have him here. But. Yeah, me too. Um, all right. Now, this is, you know, we were talking about stand-up, the two of you, and Joy has said on this podcast and many other times that she has no interest in ever doing it again. Yeah. It causes too much anxiety. Yeah. Is that how you feel? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think when it used to be creatively interesting to me, it was worth the anxiety. The rewards were great. They, yeah. they really were. I mean, being on stage and, you know. Being in the zone. Being in the zone. And I, I had a very high zone percentage. But then it kind of stopped being that interesting creatively to me. So then it wasn't worth, then it was just about money. Mm-hmm. And that felt bad. Mm-hmm. You know, then it, it felt kind of prostitutional. Yeah. Is that a word? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it's, fine. Fine. Like, like, it's fine. Yeah. Like constitutional. Yes. Constitutional. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not about the changing feelings about comedy or the... the, the... No, because I kind of stopped before that. Yeah. And I've spoken to comedian friends of mine and they say they don't pay any attention to that P.I. Yeah, political. Yeah. And Larry certainly does. No, not, certainly. Not stand up, but he doesn't <laughs> He's on, on HBO, at that's all. why. He's on HBO. Well, yes, but he also... There's plenty of people on HBO that pay attention to the political correctness he just does not and, and care Bill he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't either no. yeah but, but larry beat up a puppet on on, on eight, nine o'clock care. in the morning he does not care he does clearly. not oh, come care. on with the puppet it's a piece of material joy the the, the outrage from people oh, on it please. was severe and real i'm just they telling need to you. get a sense of humor these people i know i know for a lot of things mm. yes certainly um all right now i heard the two of you used to give larry dating advice back in the <laughs> 80s and and Basically, I I'm, still do. I'm told a lot of that dating advice ended up on. Well, Seinfeld. he's married now. No, yes. He's married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He used to like hang out. At, we'd, you know, when, when you're a comic in those days, you would hang out at the bar for a long time. So you was waiting to go on. And we had fun. We were schmoozing at the bar. And he used to tell us these tales of woe <laughs> that all ended up being George Costanza storylines. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Can you have an example and, of one? Well, yeah, oh, the answering machine one. Or, oh, gosh. Larry, you know, it's funny because Jason has said, Jason Alexander, yeah. who played George Costanza, has said that he would read the scripts and he would say, well, that's ridiculous, this premise. This could never happen to anybody. And Larry would say, it happened to me. <laughs> it happened to me. <laughs> and Larry's one of these people that crazy stuff happens to him. I, I never identified with any character more than George, sadly, which is, is horrible. And I would occasionally be watching the show and look down and I was wearing the exact same outfit as Chris <laughs> oh It was horrible. <laughs> it really, it led to some changes in my life. Um, <laughs> so Joy released an essay today that we talked about on the show about yeah. sexual harassment. Yeah. Um, it finally it's very came funny. out. I yeah. know. Every week that it's coming out, it's coming out. Finally it did. I'm glad I didn't mention it before to anybody because that's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. They made a fool, a fool out, out, of out of you. Tell them that story. Well, you tell that story. My <laughs> Uncle Joe, one time I was supposed to be on some entertainment tonight years mm-hmm. ago. And it, of course, because the business is what it is, they bumped me. And he said, they made a fool out of you. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Well, you said on the show that there were a few male comedians that did respect you, even in these, yeah. these you know, earlier times. I found that it was generally the good ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, the funny ones. Yeah, the funny ones. It was the mediocrities you always have to be wary of. Because they're not killing. 
I mean, yeah. we had to kill. We were up against we were up against people like Chris Rock, right? Uh, John Stewart, mm-hmm. um, who was the one that used to yell all the time and died in Kinnison. the crash. Sam Kinison would, yeah. would not. Brilliant. Kevin Meany was hilarious. Mm-hmm. They would they would say to me. I remember these male comics would be like a, a late show. I'd be at the comic strip or something, and they would say, uh, "You probably don't want to go on because it's a really rough crowd." You know, and some mediocre comic would say that. To I me. know who you're thinking of. Yeah. Also, yeah, oh yeah, him. Yeah, mm. and uh, and I would just say, "Really, watch me." <laughs> And it would give me motivation, you know, and I would go the on and kill and I would yeah. come off and say, learn something. Chris <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, Rock famously, I was like his mother. And so then one night he's on stage and I'm watching from the thing because I thought he was funny. And he goes, I, I can't go on until you get Joy Behar out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> but he gives us credit. He says he does. He, we taught him a lot. He was a young kid. We yeah. taught yeah. him. Listen, this is acceptable. This is not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. He said it on the show last time he was here, actually. Oh, did he? Talked about both yeah. of you yeah, he knows. kind of mentoring him. He knows. And, and uh, John Stewart was always acknowledges us also. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. But Larry yeah. was always supportive. Larry was, and, the good ones. Yeah, the, the good funny ones people. were always the funny ones. It right. was the mediocrities. Yeah, I was laughing because several times during the show you were talking about someone today and said, oh, they're dead now. That's not a bad show <laughs> yeah. for the two of you. They're dead <laughs> they're now. Dead, dead, just dead. tell the stories. Well, that yeah. to me is the hardest <laughs> thing about getting old. Yeah. Is the the, the yeah. amount of dead people? Oh my god! And the comedians alone, there's like about ten. I can we name hate right we off hate dead comedians because they cannot be replaced. That's These right. original Gilbert voices Gottfried, cannot Kevin be replaced. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Wolfberg. Dennis Wolfberg oh, was one of the so first. So long ago he died. Yeah. Yeah. And and Bill the Bells, mm-hmm. Richard Belzer. Belzer. I never thought mm-hmm. he would die. No. No. Well, never right. died on stage. No, definitely not. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, try not to end on that note. But the. <laughs> The psychodrama group. I want to talk oh, yeah. about that because we didn't All get right. to talk about it on the show. Joy's talked about it here often. You are a part of the legendary yes. psychodrama group. Tell, give, give me what this is like from your perspective because okay, I've so heard here, Joy's. Here's, here's how it works. Joy comes into the group and she says, I'm having a real problem with Brian, my my, my mm-hmm. producer. This is hypothetical. Hypothetical. Sure. Hypoth- she'd never say that. No, I don't, I, don't ma- I don't matter that much Hypoth- to her. Hypothetical. <laughs> and so I say, all right. So, so so Joy's the leader of the group. So she sets up the, the scenario. So I then become Brian. I sit in a chair and I become Brian. Other people then double for Joy and become Joy's voice and other people become Brian's voice. Then we switch chairs. Right. And I'm Joy and she's Brian. And that way you you work through what the other person is thinking, what what not what they're thinking really, but what they're feeling. What they're feeling, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. What they're feeling and and you you start to get another reality into your head about how somebody else feels about something it's not just from your perspective and it's incredibly helpful you get real insights from it yeah you really do it's wow. better than therapy really and it works it's better Although than... i don't i don't know if it's better than therapy i think that for us it's better than therapy because we're so therapized well we had so much therapy yeah. already but i still think it works better but like um, it's on your feet it's on your feet and you're actually in the role it really does change your perspective. You've it had really experiences does. where you've completely turned around on something. Yeah, and and well, not completely turned around. Yeah. but, well, but you you're in the better. other's shoes. It, for me, also, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to act out. Not my own. Not when it's my psychodrama, but if it's somebody Joy's or somebody else's psychodrama, it's fun to get into the head of the other person and get into that person's head and and try to come up with. Okay, they don't see this perspective. Brian doesn't right now see that he's acting this way. So I'm going to double for him and maybe he'll see from my perspective what's really going on. It's it's just creative and Is it difficult to see people portraying you in a way in, in these yeah. groups or no? no? No. All right. 
I like the idea. I think so. We should have Susie play the role of Joy on like a Monday when you're not working. You should anytime. I think that'd be good. Yeah, so sit in for me. Yeah, she can do it. She can do it. I think uh, as Joy, I'd be curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's great. All right. Well, listen, I'm uh, really. Appreciate it that you took the time to stay with us, and uh, thank you, Promote George, your for... podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, we, I have a podcast yeah. called The History of Kirby Enthusiasm that Jeff Garland and I do together. It's That's on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. That's and great. we take apart each episode. So far, we've done the first five seasons, which means we've done 50. And um, we take apart each episode and talk about it. Now, when you go back and watch these, do you remember them well? I imagine you don't go back and... Yeah, it, it's interesting. Some of them feel like, oh... It was, you know, we did it in 2000 or 2001, and it feels like yesterday. I do notice how young we look. <laughs> well, how about that picture of us today on the show? So young. That was, was great. Like I loved it. A long it. time ago. Yeah. But um, th- th- I-, I will say this by and large, 97, 8% of the episodes hold up. They really do. I've done yeah. a rewatch recently. It's still yeah, very, very funny. Yeah, yeah of yes. course. That's why I love it. One of the few it. shows that you can go back and yeah. watch. Uh, uh, most the of them are on The only thing HBO. that I notice a lot is how the technology changes. Like we were, I, we were watching an episode where Larry gets lost and he has, there's no GPS, you know, no. things like that. That's changed. Right. Um, do you, uh, it's funny because like Joy doesn't love watching herself. I never watch myself. I, I don't like watching no, no, myself. No. I, I cannot stand to watch myself when I'm myself, mm-hmm. especially. On Curb, I could watch myself because I'm such a character and I love right. seeing my outfits, those crazy outfits. And so I could watch myself on Curb, but generally I don't like to watch myself. All right. Well, I recommend everybody checks it out. And when I run out of stuff here, I'm going to make you watch your old View episodes and talk Please about don't. them. I, I think that'll be great. Oy. It's brutal. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Susie and Joy. Curb Your Enthusiasm airs Sunday nights on HBO and Max. And find Susie's new podcast, The History of Curb Your Enthusiasm, wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back on Monday with Sarah Haynes. And thank you guys so much. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Behind the Table is executive produced by Brian Tedda. Supervising producers are Nathan Getty and Summer Shake, with production assistant Emily Darcy. The vice president of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi. And the executive producer of podcast programming is Laura Mayer. Special thanks to Lori Hogan, Susie Liu, Meg Fierro, Molly Kaiser, Josh Cohan, Ariel Chester, Frankie Perez, Audrey Mostek, and Dana Schaefer. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus.